Oh, hey, have you seen The Matrix? Ooh, we got to talk about that. Running fossils, kill our food. It's futuristic, like Carnegie the Magnificent. Rewind your VCR, rewind your cook cassette. Nintendo pilots, why? Flying up ahead. Captain's love, John Luke, God. Now's your time. Now's your chance. Get theme song, deep song, see the theme song. This is a theme song. It is good that hey, I'm I not done. Silence, please. Silence, please. Complete silence, please. Absolute silence. I got to start over. Theme song, theme song. Oh, Christ. It is pretty good, though. It's it's very fortunate that I learned how to play banjo. Yeah. Just today. Oh, just, good. Just for this. Oh, sure. Let me hold on. Let me go. Uh, let me go grab that. I learned how to play kazooie. Banjo kazooie. Yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> it's a it's a game for the Nintendo sixty four. How does it make you feel? Nice. That game makes me feel great. Do you know that? You know that song, Doctor Feel Good. Mm-hmm. I like to sing Dr. Feel. He's the one they call Dr. Feelgood, right? He, he's the one they call Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> <laughs> it's his name. <laughs> but you are correct. <laughs> oh, he's and he's the one who'll make you feel all right. Which is weird. <laughs> Which is like, weird. I, I think they're sort of false advertising when they call him Dr. Feelgood. But he'll make you feel all right. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. call him Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> he'll make you feel all right. Maybe that song is a warning. <laughs> Maybe. It's like, don't be fooled by what they call him. Don't, yeah. don't get your hopes up about Dr. Feelgood. I mean, I mean, it'll make you feel all right, but you know, yeah, good is a little strong. I do love that the word "all right" is extremely malleable in terms of whether it means yeah. eh or whether it means super great. It's pretty strange. Yeah, the song "Jesus is just all right with me" always springs to mind. Yeah, that's pretty good. Jesus is just all right with He's me. He's all right with me. He's all I'm, right. I wouldn't kill him, but you know. <laughs> Welcome to Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen. I am here. With my good friend and co-host of the Hypotheticast, Mr. David Gucci. Hey. Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, as always, Contextual Deviance is a show in which we select a film and then we talk about it from various differing viewpoints and contexts. However, we do not know what these differing viewpoints and contexts will be in advance. Instead, we select them via our contextual chalice. Yeah. I probably didn't need to do all the... No, that was cool. Okay, cool. We can add some echo or something. <laughs> Post. Yeah. I was trying to create it myself with hands. Well, that's very organic of you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I am a human being, which feeds nicely into our topic this time. <laughs> <laughs> We're... Uh, we are discussing the f- the 1999 sci-fi action oh. film, The Matrix. 1999. Yeah, God, that's a that's older than I. Yeah, like that would to be. Think the Matrix. Well, it is. is 2017 now, so that would be. A, it's an 18 year old movie. Ooh. This movie. This movie can join the military. This, well, I was gonna say this movie could buy cigarettes or a gun, but yeah, also that. Right. Ooh. It's also this movie, Legal Age. <laughs> 
<laughs> barely legal Ooh, matrix. Ooh, barely legal matrix. <laughs> God. Uh, yes, The Matrix, a film uh, by the sibling pair, the Wachowskis, who, uh, starring, it's starring Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and of course as the classic villain, Hugo Weaving. <laughs> as himself. Yeah, as himself. As his character from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, I believe you. Oh, you don't? I was, yeah, I nope, was kidding. Right. Priscilla, oh, okay. Queen of the Desert was like the Australian dramatic version of Tu Wong Fu. Okay, um, sure. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Great. Is the full title of Tu Wong Fu. That's, that's a fun title, too. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> And Hugo Weaving was <laughs> he was in that was in that he was in that okay. he was in that yes well that's that's part of the joke sure <laughs> I get it now Aww. <laughs> no problem uh so yeah we're gonna be talking about the Matrix uh, in different contexts and I guess we can just get to it is there anything yeah. else that I need to preface this with I mean other than my relate like. Our relationship with the Matrix, rather sure, like different sure. from the other two things that we've done on this show, goes back a lot farther. It has a lot more sentimentality to me. There's a lot more nostalgia when I talk about the Matrix, and so like, you know, I think that makes our takes on it more interesting. That's part of the context, inevitably, sure. is that like it's part of my cinematic youth. Rather than a movie I just watched once and sure. want to analyze. Well, and you know me, yeah. I was I I was two years old when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were. So yeah, I was child. Uh, I was a child when The Matrix came out, and um, as a as a as a child, uh, a Midwestern American <laughs> kid, this movie was fucking amazing. Yeah, it blew my tiny fucking mind. <laughs> it was. Year- How old were you when you first saw this movie? I would have been ten. Yeah, that's that's almost. I mean, that's the right age in terms of like a lot of the how cool Neo is yeah. stuff, but it's also maybe a little young to watch the main. Oh, 100% movie. too like, young to watch. Uh-huh. Okay, let me, for context, the yeah. year after this came out, I believe, was when Gladiator came out. Oh, yeah, Gladiator. So my parents, so I had already seen The Matrix in theaters three times. Ooh. 2000 came around. Wow. My parents said I couldn't see Gladiator because it was too violent. Well, there is more. Blood. Is there? <laughs> is there know. more blood in Gladiator know, than the Matrix? It's a little more. The visceral. body count is smaller. The body count is definitely smaller, but I think it's a more visceral. Maybe. Film. And there's a lot of incest and nudity. Yeah, I guess. But and, like uh, cultural agenda. And I mean, Russell Crowe was in it, so it's fine. That like they they wanted to protect you. <laughs> they could see into the future of Russell Crowe. Yeah, they were like, don't get involved. Yeah, you don't you don't want to you don't want to get on this hype train. Mm-mm. Joaquin I Phoenix s- definitely get on that train. Oh, for like, sure. I'd get on Joaquin Phoenix any old time, <laughs> uh, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so The Matrix is a movie. It's a movie. Fuck. Uh, all right. Well, I guess uh, much like Rog Rob Zombie's uh, song, what the fuck is that song called? Hang on. I'll edit this out. What was the fucking name of that fucking Rob Zombie song? I don't know. I don't know the names of songs. It was like the one song that anyone from hi- knows about Rob from Rob Zombie. Let the bodies hit the floor. No, shut up. <laughs> that was Drowning Pool. I know. I wish I didn't know that. I know. It's you should know that. It's a very important mm, song. Meow. Okay, I'm not psyched about how my phone knows that I was talking about the Matrix and I typed Rob Zombie and it said Rob Zombie Matrix. I was like, "Fuck you." 
Dragula. Dragula. Nice. Okay. That's it. So, much like much like the Rob Zombie song Dragula, we're just going to be in this. So, here we go. <laughs> See? That was worth it. Uh, 100% worth it. Uh, okay. David, would you What's do that? the honor of drawing our first context? Tonight, we will be speaking about the Matrix in the context of... What is the true meaning of Christmas according to this movie? Yes. Question mark. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, sweet. Yes, lovely. Sweet Christmas. What okay. a perfect time of year to talk about this, too. Yeah, in November, when everyone is like, please don't talk about Christmas yet. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> I feel like if this was July, it would be like, oh, yeah, we can talk about Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. But no, I feel I'm like actually scared about like <laughs> inciting a Christmas demon or something. And like, it'll, I don't know. Krampus. I'm, I'm worried about You're worried yeah, about Christmas. Christmas demon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Krampus the Christmas demon. So, according to the Matrix, what's the meaning of Christmas? Well, it's a pretty Judeo-Christian... There, there are some Judeo-Christian bones yep. to the Matrix story. Now, and I'm going to stop I, you real quick. <laughs> Just before we get too yeah. deep into this, we yeah. have to do uh, uh, as much as we can to s- limit it to just the first Matrix. I know yes, between the yes. two of us, we've probably seen the sequels mm-hmm. enough times yep. to like bleed together right. some of the story beats. I almost <laughs> made that mistake a few times mm-hmm. thinking about this movie. But so just before we get started, right. just figured we, okay. Yep. I did so. that when we were talking about it. I talked about the Oracle appearing the second time. Yeah. Does not happen no, in this movie. Just the one just the one Oracle. <sighs> one Oracle. One All Oracle. Right. Hey. One Oracle hey. to you. <laughs> um so So Sorry. we've we've got a we've got a Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty that's one way of looking at this movie. Uh yep. and the, the sort of surface level first impression Christmassy vibe that I get from this movie, which is very strong. It's essentially a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Whether it like brands itself as a Christmas movie or not, it is one. Okay. Be- <laughs> because it's all about this sort this one person that can that can save us from an illusion. Okay. Of uh of uh, whatever, be it consumerism, be it self interest. Uh, sort of complacency of sure. retail Christmas oh. because what we're looking for is not is this movie about Christmas it is what is the true meaning of Christmas according to this movie yeah and right. apparently the true meaning of Christmas according to this movie is rebellion okay no I think you're definitely on to something <laughs> and I think especially what you just said makes sense if the rebellion in question is rebellion mm-hmm. against the commercialization of exactly. Christmas and in favor of the traditional religious <laughs> definitions of Christmas. <laughs> Putting all of our faith into a singular savior mm-hmm. yep. who we rely on to save everyone mm-hmm. and at the expense of evildoers. Right. Yep. Yep. Also. Lots uh, of bright lights. <laughs> bright lights. Lots of bright lights, which is part of Christmas. Sure. Just aesthetically, this movie's very Christmassy. There's yeah, a lot of green. green. So much green. So much green and a few bright, flashy bits. And then a lady in a red dress. You got red, you got mm. green. Is she Santa Claus? I think she's Santa Claus. She's an invention of a mm-hmm. slimy, smarmy little dude. Yeah. Much like Santa was invented by the Coca-Cola mm-hmm. Corporation. To like just tantalize to and, they, and tantal- make you feel a, like some sort of... Mix of nostalgia and sexual arousement, exactly like Santa. Right. I totally get a boner every time I see Santa Claus. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's so not your fault. It's not your fault. It's the media putting that in your mind. I know. Okay. I just, it's so hard. I know. 
No, so <laughs> yeah, no, holy shit! The lady yep. in the red dress is Santa She's Claus. She's Santa, easy, no problem. With, like a known facsimile, who is just <laughs> there for like fictionalized pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh my go. god! So the true meaning is to sort of fight back against that illusion, but by using the illusion. That's what's interesting about it. Like that's that's what we're gonna have to kind of parse. Elaborate on the, this. But the Matrix. It's not about just because you have to be in the matrix in order to destroy, in order to like be real. I it's it's hard to like. I guess I see like, what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I don't know how this has to do with with Christmas. Lying. Yeah, he's lying. <laughs> no, I don't think that has to do with Christmas at no. all. I don't. I don't think that makes sense. Well, no, I think it, I think no. it just spe- speaks back to what we were talking about that like. That the Matrix is a sort of false veneer of the good of whatever. I mean, there's that whole thing mm-hmm. that Cypher has about like how ignorance is bliss, how, you know, and, and it's in that same right. way that the commercialization of Christmas tells you that mm-hmm. you will be happier if you embrace these sort of commercialized fake aspects of Christmas. Yeah. But the to everyone else who is outside of the Matrix who knows better, you know, it, following the way of the one mm-hmm. and being real quote unquote mm-hmm. right is truly the way to be happy yeah so while you could be falsely happy in the matrix and just be ignorant and dumb and trapped mm-hmm you could also be eternally happy <laughs> outside of the matrix <laughs> it's very true so uh. is so is the real world heaven? Sure. Or just or perhaps just the fully realized Christian paradise that that the uh that sort of should be the the result of Christmas. Okay. Uh like if everybody did love each other truly and unconditionally and didn't just give each other gifts but actually like spent time with each other and like ate some food that food that they eat on the nebuchadnezzar (laughs) like it's not good food but it's like food that's shared i mean it's like tasty wheat but it's not yeah yeah which like you know if if you ever see those old uh scrooge movies that cratchit family cratchit yeah bob cratchit yeah cratchit bob cratchit it just sounds made up but it is oh it is it it literally (laughs) is made up i'm glad i'm glad it sounds like that to you you know I think the Christmas Carol wasn't real. What? I'm on to something. Oh boy. So the Cratchit Cracking family this wide eating, the fuck open. eating like just garbage. Like they're they're sad. They're all eating like one potato seed for Christmas and they're like, but at least we have each other and we're all walking around on crutches or whatever their poor plight was. Oh, Bob Crutchit. But they Bob Crutchit. <laughs> That's why he got that last name. Right. Like, Crutchit, Bob, and he's I, like, I'm crutching it I every day, baby. Dollar to donuts that that's why that <laughs> name worked. Ugh. Dollar to Dickens. Uh, well, that's good. Eh, it's okay. <laughs> Dickens to Donuts is more fun. But what are you going to do? You're right. Do? Dickens to Donuts <laughs> is more fun. You're right. Uh, so all in all, I think it's it's more about embracing what you have, even what, if what you have is not glitzy, is not Santa in the right. red dress, is not... Uh, it's, it's, it's a very Spartan actual. existence. Yeah. yeah. It's like you, you could be grimy and you could be nasty and driving around in a ship getting attacked all the time, but you're happy and you're with your family, and that's what Christmas mm-hmm. is all about. It is interesting that they don't really, for as much philosophy and religious imagery as shows up in this movie, nobody really is explicitly religious in any sort of way. Yeah. The closest you get is the Oracle, who is sort of a go-between 
between the Matrix and the real world. She's yeah. technically a coded construct. Right. But like everyone else in there, save I, maybe the little boy who's like a Buddhist monk mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm, character. Sure. But even But then, not explicitly. No, not explicitly. Yeah. It, do religions, ex- I mean, this is an aside, do religions exist in the world of the Matrix? Or the movie The Matrix? I mean... Like, are people Christians in The Matrix? A, that's a good question. Is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. I bet it is, because there's a lot of comfort behavior in the like in the programming sure. of what makes The Matrix, like... I mean, I, sort of I would suppose nice if they were to extrapolate to it, there was there would yeah. be yeah. probably that. But like, you could do a, you could do a rewatch, see if you <laughs> see any religious iconography, and like, <laughs> is that guy's wearing a cross on his necklace? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but I think in terms of what's like apparent with the characters and the actions of the film, I would say that yeah. like, yeah, I guess I guess if reading it through the context of what the true meaning <laughs> of Christmas is according mm-hmm. to the Matrix, yeah, this is a very like anti-capitalist anti not anti-capitalist but anti-commercialized anti-secularized it's it's not Mm, it's a it's against a secularized version of christmas it is and is very much focused on following and obeying the the one and worshiping worshiping that christ figure yeah, even though he was reborn in a lowly manger <laughs> stall toilet, right? Whatever, and we also was. have to keep in mind that this isn't a perfect one-to-one metaphor <laughs> because the 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 story of the miracle of Christmas did not include mm, pretty much any of the th- holy shit though. There were three agents. Yeah, three agents. Oh, three three wise agents. Three wise agents. Actually, no, that doesn't make any fucking it sense. D- no, they were benevolent. No, and also it's also it's when fucking Neo dies, not when he's fucking born. Oh uh, yeah. No, it's fine. It falls <laughs> apart. It's, it's fine. No. It's more of an Easter movie than <laughs> Yeah, you know what? <laughs> no, but he I mean, he's obviously a Christ figure and obviously yeah. the movie is like he's the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. And the villains are the ones who want to keep people in the Matrix. Right. Keep people in that culture. Keep them buying. Yeah. The the glitch in the Matrix represents uh, when you get the same present twice in a row and somebody doesn't care about you. Uh, it's sort of a like a sign to you that consumerism isn't working, that uh, that there's something wrong. Like so, like let's say you got me something uh-huh. in two thousand five that sure. I really like. What liked. would I have like, gotten you? In oh, what a great pair of socks that have my face on them! And it's like that's really great. What a great fun joke! And mm-hmm. then you got me that again in twenty fifteen because you had forgotten that you actually like did that before. Yeah. Because you weren't really caring about me. You were just trying to make a fun joke. No. And yeah. you accidentally did it again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a little red flag that says to the people that are trying to be in the know that something's going on. David, I'm sorry, I got you a little red flag flag for Christmas. <laughs> you got me a little red flag. I got you some red flags. <laughs> <laughs> this is this relationship isn't going very well, and ah, I got you some fuck. Red flag. Yeah, I think could work. I think we solved <laughs> this one. The yep. true meaning of Christmas, according to the Matrix, is reject Santa and all commercialized versions of the Christmas spirit mm-hmm. and worship. The Christ figure, yeah, above all else, right, and your buds, and you're you're just supposed to have a nice time with your buds, but mostly worship the Christ figure, right, right, yep, good, we did it. Wow, we did that Case one. Closed. That might have been the fastest we've ever <laughs> done one of these. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, you know what though? We got it. We nailed it. You know what? Let's move on to another context, okay? Because I mean, we solved this one so perfectly, yeah, that I can't imagine spending any more time. <laughs> 
just not even all right i'm drawing now from <laughs> the contextual chalice that was a fun like half monster half muppet hybrid I was, i'm into it that's me. <laughs> That's you. All right. And the next context in which we will be... Oh, fuck. The next, the next context in which we will be discussing The Matrix is, what product placement might be hiding in this movie? Oh. This question brought to you by Samsung. <laughs> that's actually what it says on the slip. All right. <laughs> no, that's so, good. Um, this movie had a lot of non-hidden product placement. <laughs> it did. Um, so let's think of some things that are a little bit more that are, obscure, potentially. Definitely, it's definitely a, a, a movie advertising uh, Latin sayings that you can hang above the door to your kitchen. <laughs> so some sort of etching company or like wood carving. Yeah, like a wood, <laughs> a wood carving sign company. You know, the kind of signs that you see at like a, like a, like a. a, a well, thrift store, unfortunately. Well, I don't feel like a that's thrift store. Product, but I was thinking more like a, a craft sale that you see at like an old shopping mall. Not like the cool yeah. shopping mall, but the one that like they built. 30 years before the other one that mm-hmm. no one goes to anymore. The Rosedale Shopping Center. Right, the Harmar. The Harmar. Sort of, the Harmar the Sharp Watertown, center. Minnesota. Like yeah. That sort, of, that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Very specific call. There's, there's the glitzier one, like, mm-hmm. right across the freeway. Yeah. You could see it from the parking <laughs> lot of the old one. But then there's the old one. But then there's the old one, and that's where that's where they would sell the crafts that include... Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they probably paid the last amount of money they have to place their... <laughs> product in the matrix <laughs> but i bet it was worth it i bet it was worth every penny yeah and it was a penny it was that is one, all they had penny. <laughs> it was part of a raffle <laughs> you get your products featured <laughs> in the matrix <laughs> it was a one cent <laughs> raffle one cent raffle they were really desperate for product yeah. placement in the matrix <laughs> uh what else i would what say else? uh leather of any kind oh leather uh just like i don't i don't exactly know how leather like it's it's not a brand it's more of a Product. It's more of a lifestyle. It's, it's a lifestyle. You know, I'm yeah. so sick of all of these movies being co-opted by Big Leather. <laughs> well, that was uh, Trinity's original character name. But they, uh, <laughs> they, they, tra- they changed it later to reflect the uh, Christian imagery. But, oh, but definitely her character in some spec scripts was named Big Leather. Oh, and so God. I think that was, that was really That is, name. I believe, Morpheus's title as Captain of the Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> is Big, Big Leather. Big Leather, yeah. Leather, yeah. They you call him that on occasion. It's just under their breath, and you can't really like. Right, pretend. it's in the Animatrix. That's when they talk. Oh about yeah, that. it's, in the, it's in the Animatrix. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> fucking okay, leather. leather. So just like the leather industry, <laughs> sort of big leather put big, a lot of money into leather. the Matrix because that Sh- movie made leather cool. I remember thinking, I mean, hey, trench coats, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I was legitimately on a trench coat yeah. kick for a while. Not that I o- ever owned one, but I always thought they were sweet back yeah. in the, those days. And I completely attribute that to the Matrix. Like yeah. I don't, I don't think. I mean, what else? Columbine. Like what? Oh, what was boy. making me think? Trench Did I ever coats tell you cool? that? I must have told you the yes. story of when I bought a hey, trench Columbine. coat. Columbine. Oh Christ! I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just tell that right now, real quick. Yep, gotta get so I, 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 in college was, uh, I was a freshman in college, and I was trying to reinvent myself. And I went to a thrift store and I found this trench coat. It was like a long canvas, like beige trench coat. Yeah, the beige. And I, I was like, this is going to be my new look. 
from now on and I buy it and the very day that I bought it, I'm going with my friends to Chipotle and it's one of those where it's in a strip mall and there's like apartments above it and it was homecoming weekend so everyone and their brother was drunk because it was in Mankato, Minnesota. There's nothing else to do but get drunk and watch the homecoming game. (laughs) I go and I'm walking into Chipotle and I just hear a couple guys from this balcony yell out, Hey, Columbine! (laughs) Stop taking out your sexual frustrations on the women of this campus! Which is like... A really good heckle. I laughed. Yeah, I uh, genuinely uh, <laughs> laughed, but at the same time, inside I was crying because I could All never. Right. I w- I had to be like, oh, it's for a Halloween costume, and I did wear it for a Halloween costume. <laughs> it was February, though. That's the problem. And then Asia found it when we were like cleaning through my closet one time, and she was like, "Hey, this is like a s- this is a women's trench coat." <laughs> oh no. So true story. It's a women's yeah. coat, and it was too small for me. And I thought it was a stylistic mm. choice that the sleeves went up to like just under my elbows. <laughs> Turns out, no, it was. It was, well, it was my stylistic choice. choice. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't the designer of the coat. So trench coats, Oof. the trench coat industry, the trench coat industry, mm-hmm. the trench coat. Mm, I almost said nope. Nope. The trench coat cartel. There you go. That saves it from what it yeah. was almost uh-huh. that I just said. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, there's lots of sunglasses. There's dirt. Oh, yeah. Um, are there computers that are branded in this? Are movie? there computers? Are there any computers in the movie The Matrix? But like, are is there already Apple placement or anything? I don't remember. Right. I I don't know specific computer brands, but I do think that it really made um, that sort of like early '90s uh, green on black text yeah. computer look cool again. Yeah. This could have been. You know what? This could have been a long con <laughs> product placement to remind people of the movie Hackers. It was like, <laughs> Hackers, now out on home video, how do we get the word out? We make an yeah. entirely different movie <laughs> that also features a lot of hacking and a stuff. A lot of fast typing and green on black characters flying around screens. Exactly. Lots of people, oh, we'll lots of people standing around typing shit uh, that is indes- indecipherable mm-hmm. to the average viewer. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. You know what? I think that's probably uh, big, big hacker, big hacker, <laughs> big like, hackers. You got to drum up more hype for the movie. Hackers. For the movie yeah. Hackers. yeah, that seems right. Uh, oh, I had another thought and I don't remember what it was. Okay. I feel like just in general, a lot of the ways that Keanu Reeves reacts to especially Morpheus's lines is a subtle product placement for smoking marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah just because uh, it's a lot of like oh shit man did you think like do you think that's air you're breathing oh shit oh man what if it isn't though like just stop trying to hit me and stop trying to hit me (laughs) and hit me exactly you know uh, see yeah that's it you got it's it's all about becoming like a more like you you have more potential you see like plug into this computer pro- program like jack in mm-hmm. smoke that weed right that's basically what he's well saying. let's also talk about the only other drugs specifically mentioned in the film are mescaline, mescaline which is said by like this partying weirdo that neo clearly doesn't really give a shit about and mm-hmm. is like gross and creepy and whatever that weird truth serum kind of drug is that they infect yeah. that they trip into morpheus uh-huh. which is like no needles and know whatever you do with mescaline. I don't actually know. <laughs> uh, I don't. I think it's a a, a salve 
that you apply to your body. Oh, a salve. Yeah, a salve. Why aren't there more like illicit drugs that you can just uh, <laughs> you can like a Vicks vapor rub style, just put it on your chest yeah. and like just just space out. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I don't know. Get on it, science. Come on, science. Come on, we science. need you, science. Science. Oh, I just want to get high by rubbing my body. I want to rub my body for highs. Science. Science. Um. So definitely weed, definitely, definitely trench coats, definitely, definitely trench leather, coats. definitely computers. <laughs> computers in general. <laughs> big computers. Big computers. Big lobby for this. Uh, uh, novelty signs at craft fairs. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, that seems like a lot. Uh, but this movie was just chock full. Uh, whew, just chock full. Chock I actually think, full. you know what I think it is? Guns. It's like... Sorry. Keep going. I mean, also guns. But it's a very, it's a very covert reverse psychology advertisement for living in the suburbs because the city <laughs> is so fucking disgusting. That's Every true. scene in the city yeah. in this movie is Nasty. the grossest shit. Yeah. And there's like no shots of the suburbs of the country. So you mm. can only assume that they're still gorgeous. There's pristine. Pristine. Yeah. Cul-de-sacs aplenty. Cul-de-sacs. Yeah. You know, uh. you can barely smell the manure. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. It's, I I had always assumed that it, because I am of a pro-urban bias, of course. That the that the only reason there were no suburbs is that they were wasteland. But I bet you're right. Yeah. That like this is a movie to scare people away from the city. <laughs> like, oh yeah, well if you just lived in the suburbs, this wouldn't even bother you. It wouldn't be even be an issue. Right. It doesn't matter if you're living in the Matrix. Just like move to right, the suburbs. Right. Like you're you're in you're in the you're in the city. You go down to the subway. There's just a homeless guy sleeping on a couch. Yeah, and that's every subway, and then like you stay there long <laughs> enough, and there's like a kung fu fist fight in that same subway, mm-hmm. and like true, that's gonna get in your way. There's phone Ugh. booths everywhere. Yeah. By the way, here's a here's a fun uh, trivia. <gasps> phone qu- booths. A fun trip. Oh <laughs> my god, big phone booths. Big landlines. Big landlines. <laughs> you know this movie? Yeah. No, this movie's very pro landline. Yeah. It's ironic it's considering that either. After this movie or after the sequels, they had like a Matrix branded cell phone. They did. I remember that. Which I remember wanting so bad. Yeah, I mean the like the way it like it slid out like that was the sound it made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, it um, it um, it was like uh, there was a there's well, but anyway, so there was this phone and went. Um, if we could just move on real quick, so. Don't, <laughs> no, I, uh, not to belabor the point, there was a phone <laughs> went like that. But so, phone booths didn't go like, <laughs> but they, no. you know, there was no they were big phone booth. Big phone booth. Uh, by the way, fun bit of trivia that I don't actually mm. know the statistics on. Perfect. I guess more of a question: How much jism <laughs> do you think was on all those phones? Let's <laughs> let's imagine hypothetically. <laughs> let's imagine hypothetically that <laughs> right, all of those right. phone booths were real, and all oh. of these members of the Nebuchadnezzar uh-huh. have to use these phones in yep. order to get in and out of the Matrix. Yep. How much jizz do you think they're putting against their ears <laughs> just to get out of the Matrix every time? They're like, ah, oh, I gotta, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, but I gotta get out. <laughs> but I gotta, I gotta get, get back out. to the ship. Oh God, I, I, too, too much, too much. I don't know the you know cubic tons. But like Ooh. packed, packed very, very tightly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ, uh, it's nasty. Oh, yeah, is it? <laughs> it is. I don't. You know, I had never, I had never thought about that. 
but it's a very important observation. Yeah, I'll never uh, stop thinking about it now. So that... So big jism. So, well, no, 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 no. I think no? actually oh. it was a uh, Purell hand sanitizer and oh. sanitary wipes yes. advertisement. Yes. I think actually all the city scenes were in a Cause way. Because it's so it just makes you feel nasty, and then you're like, where's where's some soap well, or like something I can wipe myself? Too. Oh, oh, and then when, he, so when he wakes up and that thing of goo is like the only time yeah. he looks clean, it's yeah. pink goo. Uh-huh. It's that generic soap yep. stuff that you yep. can find at any gas station bathroom. So gene- huh. big generic soap. Big generic soap. So next time you go into your corporate job and you yep. go to the bathroom and you yep. and you like wash your hands a little bit and you're like that wasn't very satisfying. It's gonna be a little more satisfying after watching The Matrix and remembering that only clean scene. Yep. Where he wakes up in that in that, that fun little tub. Fun little tub of that same pink goo. Mm-hmm. Fun little tub of that same pink goo. <laughs> it's the jingle. <laughs> it is. It's the jingle for for, for big generic soap. Big that pink goo. Yeah. <laughs> That's their name. Yeah. Cool. There's a lot of product placement in this movie. Yeah, it's just chocker block full of it. <laughs> huh. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 I think that maybe like working out. <laughs> I feel like everybody was really you know, big I feel cool like in this movie. Oh, you know what? I feel like karate classes probably shot oh, through the oh, roof after oh, this movie. Like absolutely. Yeah. Fucking oh, people man. signing up for kung fu lessons. Oh, oh it was probably it huge. Yeah. Now, yeah, this actually, is actually an interesting question. I feel like this movie, not a question, a statement. I feel like this movie might have brought like karate movies back into the back into the zeitgeist, like kung fu kind of action style. It couldn't have hurt. Hey, it couldn't have hurt. Mm-mm. But like, I feel like in the American film landscape, there weren't as many at by 1999 as there had been previously like there was i don't think there was a karate kid movie in the late 90s no i don't think so no those were early and like three ninjas was early (laughs) 90s all of these of course are family right exactly but then but then surf ninjas the (laughs) the matrix came along right pocket ninjas uh wasn't that one or was that a three ninjas riff-off i feel like pocket ninjas is a thing I'm Maybe it, it is. Later. No, yeah. it's fine. Uh, but then the we'll Matrix, get the robot the voice from the hypothetical yeah, guest to drop in. She'll come in. She'll yeah. do some research. Yeah. I don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, and after, do that, you have a name for that robot voice? By the way, Grandma. Is it Grandma? Yeah, yeah, we named her in one of the later episodes. Okay, that you probably haven't listened to, but it stands for like I don't know what you're talking about for like generic robot. Something, something. It, it, the acronym actually does stand for okay. something. But <laughs> okay. It's like G dot R dot A dot M dot. Yeah. You know. Awesome. Grandma. Grandma. Yeah. I don't remember what it says. I'll look it up. Okay. Uh, Yeah. There's lots of products. Just, just make there. sure, please make sure you keep Grandma safe around reindeer. Just please oh for me. Please. You got it. Just for you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um... Can that can that be the transition sound for, <laughs> for this show? For every whatever, episode, whatever the now. sound is <laughs> of the phone that was the Matrix branded phone. Okay, so I think oh. we've got the product placement thing yeah. solved. Yeah, we did it. I think if anyone were looking for, hey, how do we talk about the like? What would someone say about the Matrix vis a vis secret plot product placement? That's also dumb. <laughs> I think we've solved their uh, their conundrum. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Winners and losers. Who won? Who lost? 
and why. Okay. All right. Well, let's dispense with the easy ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, ostensibly the good guys win, bad guys lose, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, it it seems like to be that way. It seems to be that way. All right. On but the is surface. It? On the surface. Are you sure that's winning your breathing? Uh oh my god. Winners and losers. Fuck. Well, Cypher yep. dies. Yep. And probably uh, what happens to people when they die in the world? They just go away, right? They like just, it's just a die. materialistic sort of world, right? There's not like a spiritual world in like a heaven that you go to in the in the mythos of the the Matrix movies. No. Like you just die. They never show it like an afterlife, if that's right. What you're yeah, asking. that's co- that's sort of what I'm asking. Just to be sure, I'm not overlooking something that I've forgotten no. about the second two movies because they get weird. But no, there okay. is no afterlife <laughs> according to the Matrix. Okay, you never know. Despite what our meaning, uh, like our mm, Christmas, our right. war on Christmas, described earlier. Uh, okay, so then, so obviously he lost. Yeah, but he like yeah. almost won. It was like yeah. a comeback at the end. Yeah, he was he was, was a, close to was winning. A, it was a squeaker. He mm-hmm. almost got there, but yeah. uh, you know, I would say Neo won. Sure, for the Neo was the one hey. and did win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Morpheus kind of had a bad time. Yeah, like he had a rough movie. I guess he sort of came out on top, like I mean, ideologically, he was ultimately but like vindicated. Yeah, in his belief system, mm-hmm. but and that's something. I would say the oracle lost. Yeah, the oracle was wrong. Yeah. Although I guess there's that interpretation of like she was kind of like saying motivation. you're not there yet, like yeah. you're not the one now, which mm-hmm. technically I guess he wasn't. Yeah. I mean to be fair, she lost some credibility with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I will be going to a different oracle. <laughs> I'm going to take my prophecy business elsewhere. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. But I will come to you for information on novelty signs from craft fairs Definitely. with different different sayings on them. <laughs> They're important. I have a lot of walls yeah. and doorways in my know house. Know thyself. <laughs> uh-huh. And cookies, like and co- oh, such. I Everybody wanna... who had one of those cookies was a winner. Now, can movie. I say, by the way? Yeah, I would say almost those cookies looked amazing. As soon yeah. as he bites into it distinct crunch in a way that oh, I yeah, don't no, think is answer. ideal yeah. for a cookie. So actually... So actually loser. I think Neo lost. Yeah. <laughs> he had to eat a crunchy cookie. He had cookie. to eat a crunchy cookie. I and I know it's a very divisive opinion these days to say that crunchy cookies are worse than chewy cookies. I mean, if we're just going off food, Cypher yeah. is the clear winner in this movie. True. That steak? That yeah, steak looked one. incredible. That steak experience is better yeah. than anything anyone else experienced in that whole movie. So maybe if we're going winners and losers, let's take it by category. Yeah. So we've got food, definitely <laughs> Cypher. The food winner is Cypher. And the loser, I would say... Neo. Or the Oracle, because she has to eat her shit-ass cookies all yeah. the time. Or maybe Mouse, because he doesn't even oh. get a cookie. Oh, that's like, true. Like, even a bad yeah. cookie is still a cookie. Yeah. But he's <laughs> only... And he's complaining about Tasty Wheat and, like, how it tastes like the mush that they have to eat. Yeah. I feel like Mouse yeah. gets it, has it the he's worst because he's the most bummed out about it and is yeah, also never given something better. Oh, poor Mouse guy. Okay. Poor Mouse. Uh, let's think of it. Let's think of something else. Mm. Um, in terms the romantic winners of this romantic movie? winners. Uh, Trinity, definitely. You know, I wonder about that because in a way, yes, but in another way, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
Discuss. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just feel like um, I feel like the the relationship between her and Neo felt a little fraud. it felt a little forced. Also, well, I yeah, I, I think it's mostly admiration or perhaps just you know like who I think had the best romantic relationship or the happiest romantic relationship mm. in the movie is that it was that druggy couple at the beginning, like <laughs> the woman with the white rabbit True, tattoo though. and yeah. her boyfriend. Uh-huh. Would looks they looked like they were having a good time. I think they were winners. They were the winners Just, of the romantic so, couple. So the romantic award yeah. definitely goes to them. It goes they to those two. By far, like they're gonna just be happy for the rest of their lives, which probably will be pretty short. Right. But they're gonna be living gonna it be up, loving time. it up. Yeah. Getting into each other. Right. Yeah. They're of, of the couples in this film, they seem to be the happiest. I would say second goes to Mouse and the Lady in the Red Dress. <laughs> because yeah, even when yeah. he's even when he's in the Matrix, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> he's looking at like a fold out <laughs> a centerfold picture of her. It's like, dude, you're in the Matrix. You can it, literally look at anything. You, you yeah. can look at you can program <laughs> like it is fictional. You can just be like, hey tank, give me some porn. Mm-hmm. And but he's no. like he's like, No, that the lady in the red dress. Yeah. That's the only yep. One. Mouse and the real girl. <laughs> Classic spin-off. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say Mouse and the Lady in the Red Dress have a pretty mm-hmm. strong relationship. Yeah, they're a close runner-up. And I would say, you know, obviously Neo and Trinity end up together. Sure, but that's going to be a fraught relationship. It's going to be tough. I mean, and the way be, that yeah. they get together, I mean, he's like technically dead when she kisses him the first time. Which is time. a bad look. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, her kiss brings him back to life, which is some real fairy tale shit. I'll say yeah. that, but like. It's a lot to get there and a lot to deal with afterwards because they're in a very they're in a very weird position at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. physically and emotionally. <laughs> yeah. um, OK, so so that's romance. We've talked about food and romance. Mm-hmm. What food are some other romance. winners and losers? I'm pretty categories? sure those are the only two categories in which I engage the world on a daily basis. So I'm not I'm not sure I can are think the, of anything uh, Are else. they? Are they, though? <laughs> Who are the. The true political winners of this movie. Ooh, that's a good question. Political winners. Like whose agenda actually got put? I mean, Morpheus, I think. Right? I think, like, I think you know, I almost wonder if Morpheus is just too naively idealistic. Mm. And like, obviously he can't know exactly what Neo being the one is going to bring about. Right. He just believes that it's going to happen, it's and then it happens, and he's like, a good "Cool, thing. everything's good." Mm-hmm. Then he doesn't really have an. He doesn't have like a next step. He's just like, yeah, true. "It's going to get to the. I'm just going to find the one." And he find finds it. the one, yeah. And then he doesn't know what to do after that, right? So like, he won, but on a very temporary level, right? There's still like so much shit to yeah, do. Yeah, he doesn't have a plan for post. I would say, Agent Smith. Even though, Ugh. you know what? Not Agent Smith. The other no. agents, but yeah, like, they they won. Definitely, they they won. didn't find yeah. because they didn't get blown up <laughs> by Lived. something jumping inside mm-hmm. of them. Yep. Um, <laughs> Check. Did yep. not get blown up. And of the of the agents, Agent Smith was the only one who was like explicitly explicitly saying that he didn't want to be in the Matrix anymore because yeah. he just like was like humans fuck off because mm-hmm. you're so gross. Mm-hmm. Also. The agents got drafted a uh, fucking cipher into like helping them without having to give him anything back because he did die. Yeah. So really, that was a no lose situation on their part. Yeah, and they got to kill a bunch of the members of the Nebuchadnezzar who were thorns on their side. Right. To be sure. And they didn't die by someone jumping inside of them. Right, and that's and the main thing. So I would say that the other agents they might kinda, have been the political winners. It was of, sort. Of, it was definitely net positive. 
Uh, I don't know if I could consider them like necessarily victors, but not definitely not losers. Like they sort of came out ahead, maybe of where they were before, especially in the hierarchy. Right, you know, Agent Smith. Bye. Right, bye, bye, (laughs) bye, 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 bye. Uh, uh, What about? Oh, bye, bye. What about the? What about the fashion winners and losers of this movie? Oh, ugh. Because uh, we've, we've talked about Big Leather Ugh. slash Trinity, yeah. and she clearly wins many just sort of, uh, what's the word for it? Originality or, or sort of oh, uh, yeah. statement towards. She's one of the more cohesive costumed people in Yes, this movie. for sure. Uh, the the agents look great. They look sharp, mm-hmm. look a little bit generic, but they look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old sunglasses and suit aesthetic, very classic. Very good. And I love, <laughs> I do love Morpheus's just sitting on the nose sunglasses. <laughs> See, which I've I, always wondered how the fuck I, did they stay I on there? I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. And I think he loses. He's, for the, those. Only, he's the only one who can pull that off, like, and not just <laughs> yeah. in the movie, on Earth. Like, in Lawrence the Fishburne of can time. walk around with that, oh, and yeah. I can be like, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, he's the only one who can get away with it. Yep. There's a law. Yeah, yeah, it's it's enshrined <laughs> in the Constitution. Uh, I would say, you know who I thought had a really good look? Yeah. Was okay. Switch. Yeah, which one is that? She had the, she was the one with like oh, the, the mm. white suit with the, yeah. I was like, I thought that, that was, was cool. looking, that was, that was a very, it, to, toe to tip. <laughs> she had a very consistent look, but it was sharp. Yeah, it, a lot like Trinity, but a little just like yeah, just like kind a, of a mirror, like, like the mm-hmm. anti-Trinity. Yeah, well, yeah, it was like a, it was like a photo negative mm-hmm. of Trinity. Yeah, which sense. is yeah. which is cool. It's cool design for both yeah. of them. I think both of them are my winners. I would say that's fair. And I would, I would say, say Morpheus's nose and glasses are the loser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, Keanu Reeves just. Mm-hmm. Just nothing. Yeah, he's just his, got nothing. His apartment is the fashion loser. Oh, like God. his apartment from the beginning of the movie is just so nasty. And the way he like isn't he in like a like a just a blank T-shirt or something? I yeah, it's just like in a fucking just like green a, T-shirt. Yeah, it, it looks. I mean, really he is supposed to be sort of like the 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 window in kind of thing, the mm-hmm. audience plant who's just yeah. like just blank, just a fart. Yeah, he's just a fart. Have you ever <laughs> thought about that? Huh? Well, just how about hair? An extension yeah. of fashion, uh, yeah. and I have my answer, but I'm curious <laughs> what your answer would be. Hair winner and hair loser, right? In the Matrix, right? Obviously, Morpheus uh, is damn discounted. It, the second movie is so right. <laughs> uh, the second movie has uh, such great hair. <laughs> uh, let's 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 immediately disqualify Morpheus bald people because nope. none. Let, we're know, immediately disqualifying the balds. Out. Out. The, the balds. The balds. Alec I know that's, Baldwin out. Daniel Baldwin. Yep, out. they're all Josh gone. Baldwin. Jo- Josh Baldwin. Josh Baldwin. I don't remember Jeremy. Billy Baldwin, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Baldwin, Stephen Baldwin, Stephen, and I mean Billy. Stephen Baldwin is disqualified two. from mm, pretty much everything. Society, <laughs> he is disqualified. We'll yeah. just say that as a blanket statement about Stephen Baldwin. Um, yeah. Baldies are disqualified. <laughs> right, Baldies are disqualified. Let's go. Let's cool. go. Hair winners and losers in the Matrix. Oh man, if I, I, I just I'm gonna pick like one or two. Um, shit. I don't. I don't remember the the crew's name, but the dreads. Oh, uh, uh nobody in this right? one had Are you dreads. Sure? Nope. So, what? the guy who played Tank got replaced yeah. in the sequels oh. by a guy who had dreads <laughs> okay, who was on okay. Lost. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yep. Um, that guy wins, but he's not in this. Not in this one. Whoops. Oh, who, shit. by the way, if they were to make a live action movie about Overwatch. 
would make a pretty killer Lucio. I don't know. I, don't know. Uh, I know Sorry. that the li- someone the, listening to this will be like, yeah, <laughs> or they'll be like, boo. Like, no, which is, you know, Hey, I like no more than boo as a crowd reaction. No, no. <laughs> it's fun. See, are you ready for some football? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> answering yes or no questions. Give us some time. <laughs> no, I'm not ready emotionally. Yeah. You know, chronologically, sure. I, Chronolog- I don't have any plans, but I, I mean, just, uh, can anyone really be ready for some football? Some football. So, can I tell you who my my hair winners and losers are yes, for please. sure? I want you to tell me because I don't actually feel like I have my absolute hair winner is Trinity. Okay, her fucking hair slick. in this movie is on point. <laughs> She's like, and it's like a very specific kind of cut that I don't know yep. most people could pull off. But Carrie Ann Moss, is it Carrie Ann Moss? Yeah, it is. And she oh, was Christ. built um, for that haircut. Yeah, it's like it's really it's, solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't <laughs> look like you were like, flipping me. Off. Yeah, no, but I was. Though. It's really good. It's hair. really good hair. I just really like the the sort of way it shapes her head, but there's still like and and it's it seems pretty almost like a Lego figure's it's hair. Rigid. But yeah. there are moments when it has motion and it mm. has some like bits sticking out of it in a way mm. that just looks very classy and yep. also like very ready to go action. To go I would action. say my hair loser has to be Apoc, the other Nebuchadnezzar uh, crew member who had like this weird kind of like man ponytail thing going <laughs> oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was like way, pulled way too tight. Uh-huh. And he just looked, yeah. I don't know, he looked like. Uh, he looked like he was trying a little too hard. Also, his fashion wasn't great, but we don't have to no, get into he's, that. No, he's kind of a big aesthetics loser right. in terms of, especially the Nebuchadnezzar crew, which is yeah. a, a cast of caricatures. Yes, that is true. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people won and a lot of people lost, huh? God, that's such a good summary of that bit. <laughs> David, you did Every so time. well. David. Every time. You did so well. Thank you. I'm so proud. I'd like to thank Neo and that kid that says there is no spoon. Mm-hmm. I like him. He he is the best cosplay winner <laughs> for uh, being Aang from the last year. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that, but you be, oh, that's good. I'm glad you did that. That's, that's also, what that kid, that can win's best cosplay for however, that. However, also disqualified from the hair conversation. <laughs> Damn it. True. Damn it. Very true. There's a lot of baldness going on in the Matrix. Yeah. It's a theme. Yeah. I, w- I want that. <laughs> baldness. Let's talk about baldness. Hey, let's talk Matrix. about the balds. The balds. That's how I'm going to refer to Alec Baldwin from now on. Mm-hmm. The balds. No, that's actually pretty fun. Goddamn right it is. GD right it is. So uh, let's just recap what we've been through so far. We did yeah. product placement, and there's just chocker block Ugh. full of product <laughs> placement. <laughs> the meaning of Christmas, very Jesus-y. Yeah, very, very true to your heart. Stay with your family, worship the Lord. All Jesus, all the time. Jesus all the time. Get out of here, Starbucks. Get out of here, Starbucks and your red, <laughs> your fucking red cups. Now, red like, cups, red pill, baby. Oh, red pill. <laughs> Wait, but the red pill's good. Oh, Star Wars is, <gasps> oh no, our, our theory fell apart. <laughs> That was it. It was the one crack in the armor. The only one. This year they're doing the color color your own. Yeah, see? Starbucks. Yeah, they're cup. like, fuck it. Like, just do they it. just like toss Please. a bunch of markers at people. They're like, fuck it, you color it. I don't care. Put a fucking Christmas tree on there. We Put a menorah. We can't offensive don't, if you drew the cup. Right. We, can't do, we can't do anything wrong if you're doing it. 
it's uh, ridiculous. Like, oh, they always they want us to do all the work, huh? It's like Starbucks is afraid to take a stand. Boycott Starbucks. Yeah. All right. I say we move on to the next context. Yep. How about you, babe? I, I'm I'm into it, babe. Okay, cool. Thanks, babe. <laughs> you bet, babe. All right, and the next context in which we will be discussing the film The Matrix is. If you pulled a Peter Jackson and split this into three movies, how would you do it? Now, <laughs> to be clear, it's just this first movie right. being three movies. We can't talk about what's <sighs> in the actual sequels. It has to be, yep. how would you break this movie this into three movie. three movies? Yep. Forget that the sequels exist. Right. How this is The Matrix three The end movies. of the first Matrix is oh the end God. of the third movie. Okay. Now, the way the way I think this, can, this sort of conversation has to go... Mm-hmm. What needs to be padded out to make it a full-length movie? And um, what are the story beats that would constitute the sort of like act breaks or the ends of the movies? Plot of right like if you were to go to a to a Matrix one, yes, in theaters, how would that be a satisfying experience? Exactly. I see kind of a uh, a train spotting vibe. Okay. Matrix One, uh, the the heavy drug culture, lazy Keanu sort of themes is like the first half. Like he gets too deep in mescaline or whatever he's doing. <laughs> it is the only way to fly. Yeah. It's the only way to fly. <gasps> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's the only way to fly. He flies at the end of the movie. I never thought about that before. <laughs> I really hope that that was intentional. He he winks at the camera at the very end of the movie and says, "Don't do mescaline. Don't do mescaline. Don't do mescaline." <laughs> and then a glint in his eye. Yeah. Ding. It's one of the only ways to fly. <laughs> uh, it's just he's the star from The More You Know, just <laughs> zooming across. It's like Neo space. <laughs> right, but it's Neo. And it's still a rainbow trail. Definitely. Uh, I think, so So like the first half of the the um, the first movie would be a, a big drug trip. Lots of, it's just a low you know, we're witnessing the, the depths of this man. Mm-hmm. And then that makes the, the pulling him out even more exciting. That makes it like he wakes up. Maybe, maybe, oh shit. Maybe the first movie is padded enough so that the end of it is him waking up in the vat of pink goo and seeing the big cityscape and all the lightning. And, uh, and it's like, oh my God, what the fuck? Credits. Rage Against the Machine. Absolutely. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine is always the credits oh, it, music. It's always the end credits movie? Yep. Till the third one, when it takes <laughs> itself too seriously. <laughs> it's a callback to an earlier Call conversation back. that probably won't make it into nope. the final cut. Wee. Wee. Uh, so that's the first movie. Yes. I feel like that works. It's fine. In my idea. We yeah. can both have different ideas. Sure. We, we yeah. both have like different trilogy ideas. I think that would be fun. For sure. Second movie then would have to be. Uh, I oh man, see, yeah, I guess learning about what the Matrix is, yeah, because there's a lot of padding in that section too, sure. And you could make that all sorts of interesting. You could have him explore relationships with all the people on the ship. There's a lot of s- implied subtext be- between them. Uh, it almost be Firefly esque in a fun way, like lots of just buds budding around on a ship trying to make it work mm-hmm. uh learning about this new hero that they have that they're like maybe he's cool maybe he's not more fighting between the crew about neo and about his role in all of this uh lots of doubt and because it's like an act two movie lots of doubt yeah like it's a dark ass thing yep neo's not p- 
panning out maybe the way that they all thought he would. And then, like, Morpheus got kidnapped Yep. at the end of it. Which, okay, yes. And so <laughs> I what skipped would be, a lot of things. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I think you're doing great. What would be your third movie then? The third movie is a giant action sequence. Like, it's just start to finish. It picks up, like, right away. There's, it's, it's ambitious. It's not about, like, being a conventional movie because it knows it's capping off this epic trilogy. It's going all in. The opening shot is just, like, the airport or the, the airport scene, the, like, lobby scene. The lobby scene. The lobby scene, but maybe, like, slowed down even more at the beginning as the credits are playing. Like, as they, like, here's a movie. And, like, I don't know when the title would be in that scene, but it could be, it could be at some strategic location. It could location. be at the end. It could be. It could be at the end of the scene with the, the, the elevator doors stuff. or something, and then, poof, Matrix. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that'd be The good. Matrix 3. Or when the... When the bomb goes off, because they go into the elevator and then the bomb drops yeah. and it blows the door at mm-hmm. the screen. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and the door like wipes the matrix <laughs> onto <laughs> the <laughs> onto your screen. Star wipe matrix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's that. The whole movie is just a really extended, born esque action sequence yep. that just doesn't stop and really cements the stakes between neo and smith specifically mm-hmm. there may be more back and forth between them too in their fight which i think could be cool although mm-hmm. there was that that there's, fight there's goes plenty on while, of that which yeah. i i love yeah the fight sequence mm-hmm. there but. yeah yeah there could even be a little downtime in between you know i'm starting to think that maybe there could be just a small breath yeah where maybe neo and Mr. Mr. Smith, Agent Smith, <laughs> where Mr. Anderson and Mr. Smith just get to hang out, where they get to talk to each other in a more interesting way than just we're fighting in a m- manga style and we're gonna one of us is gonna murder the other one by exploding, uh, and then you know uh, the movies end the way they end. But that, those are my those are my cut points, but not changing the style a whole lot of the movie. The movies no. are basically shot the same. Mm-hmm. A, the only big change would be to increase the uh, drugginess, maybe, of, okay. of the first act. Yeah. But that's all, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I think you got a pretty good... I think we're on similar pages. The story mm-hmm. beats, I think, we have pretty much the same. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, I think it would... End, the first movie would end when he wakes up in the real yeah. world. Yeah. The second movie would end with Morpheus getting kidnapped, mm-hmm. uh and then the third movie would end with where you're flying into the screen <laughs> with the more you know and the, the message about mescaline but uh-huh. i think yeah i think the first movie having more of like a drug kind of thing at the start like you said but i also think it would be like kind of a cool uh maybe sort of terry gilliam-esque like there's stuff going on that the main character can't quite put his finger on what it is that's happening there's people following him he's having these weird thing like weird experiences that he's not sure if they're real or not like that whole thing with the agents when they make his mouth close up like he's not going to know if that really happened until like like late in the movie when they so for the whole time he's like looking over his shoulder there's stuff going on Mm. he's at work and he feels like he, he gets a phone call someone telling him to do something and he like doesn't do it and he winds uh, up getting pinched, and it's just like all these weird things start lining up. And then he meets, you know, they they pull the thing out of him, and he realizes it was real. They take him to meet Morpheus. Mm-hmm. 
All of that just ends up feeling more climactic. Yes, and I would feel like because he's been in such doubt this whole time. I feel like they would they would spend more time establishing what his life is like when he's not hacking, and then also establish his knowledge of the world of hacking. So like when he knows about Trinity and Morpheus and stuff, when he actually meets them, it's like, oh, I've heard of you, and like we sort of get that sense of like he has been searching for the matrix as they say at the beginning, but he's not sure exactly what it is. He just knows it's a thing that he keeps hearing about uh, in like certain pockets of the internet. Right. And so he's deep, 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 deep web. And so he's the pre deep web. And so he's trying (laughs) to figure out, you know how to get to that. They find him. Uh, He realizes all this crazy shit, that he thought was just in his head is actually real. He thought it was like a drug trip. Mm-hmm. And maybe real. people, maybe there are some other secondary characters around him that are being like, dude, you're freaking out too much. Yep. Do too many drugs. Stop yep. like being schizophrenic. And like, and he's like, no, no, no. And it's like fucking up his work experience, his yeah. work performance uh-huh. and all that yep. shit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then it ends with him like taking the pill and then, uh, going into that room and them doing that thing and then he blacks out wakes up and that's when he's in the real world he does that whole thing and that's the end of the first movie and it's like real it's a big surprise after this sort of like semi-grounded is it real is it not kind of movie it ends with like oh no shit it is it's real (laughs) and that shot is great too him waking up and and just sort of realizing the scope of how his beliefs are different than how the world really is it's like yeah absolutely so then i think the second movie uh definitely ship focused i also think they would probably go on more missions into the matrix after after a fashion for for various things to meet with various people i know in the sequels we get more insight into the the current the actual real world sequels there's more insight into some of the other people and uh, constructs and applications that are in the matrix already maybe they have to interact with some of those or some other ones um, f- sort of flesh out the lore of what's going on in the real world versus what's going on in the matrix and things sure. like that and then yeah you know they go through th- I feel like that that hotel sequence where they get sort of trapped and try to get out and, ma- and Morpheus gets pinched I mean, that's already yeah. a pretty lengthy action sequence, and I think you could maybe right. add in a few more action scenes, and mm-hmm. I think that could lend itself pretty well to, like, a big second half of that movie. Yeah. Is is the villain or the antagonist of that movie then pretty much Cypher? Like, yeah, Cypher is the main antagonist right. of that one. Whereas the, sure. the first movie sort of has doubt as its antagonist, or, pr- like, you know, the big question isn't, like, there's no villain necessarily it's more a con- the confusion is the villain and then the, right. the second one i mean the agents villain. are kind of villains but they're not like right. explicitly like these yeah. are the ones who are after you it's more just right. like he's not even sure if the agents are real but he keeps seeing them pop up at different uh-huh. places and it's the same ones every time and he's like it can't possibly be them yeah. in all these different places because that's just mm-hmm. not how the that's world works. How it works but it is how it works because it's the matrix oh, oh shit uh, and then, yeah. yeah, so that's the second movie. Ends with mm-hmm. Morpheus getting pinched and yep. then back on the ship after Cypher has killed a bunch of the other people and then Cypher gets killed. They end up back on the ship and it's just him or it's just Neo, Trinity, and Tank and they realize, they like have that moment of like, shit, we're the only ones left. Morpheus is yeah. kidnapped. What do we do? End of the that's movie. That's perfect end of, I mean, essentially it's, what we've done it's is the Empire Strikes observe back. the three acts present in the Matrix. You're right, Because that's I know. essentially like what... We're do- which is great. Yeah, I think we've both sort of landed on like the. But I think tr- we've also figured out how each of that. these each of these acts could exist as its own movie. That's true. 
Um, which is important. I think the fact that all three of these things coexist is one whole movie makes perfect sense on its on its own but like yeah you can really see how they stretch these sorts of things out in the <laughs> trilogies um mm-hmm. especially if they're pre-planned as such right um, or if they're not but then you're peter jackson and you want to do it anyway oh, fuck. and you're like i just have too many great ideas for dwarf so scenes where they throw pots at each other hey do you remember the silmarillion no <laughs> no well, don't mind if don't I do. don't worry about it um so oh christ and then the third movie. The third movie, uh, like you said, big long action sequence. It op- mm-hmm. but I think it wouldn't open with the lobby sequence. I think it would have to okay. open with them preparing to go in and get Morpheus. Okay, okay. Um, maybe it opens with them in that big white room, and there's sort of like a, sure. a, a sort of like a long, sort of slow, like them sort of walking towards each other. Maybe something like like sort of like there's something unspoken. There's like a breath, and then all those like racks of guns start coming towards them. And uh, mm-hmm. and that's when you're like, oh shit! Right, it's yeah. going down. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and then yeah. Do and you think? Yeah. Do you think? Uh, the, there's an alternative way of maybe doing. There, there could be extended stealth sequences. Potentially, mm-hmm. you could you could shake up a little bit of the action. It wouldn't all have to be shooty, and it wouldn't all have to be high octane. It could be suspenseful. Uh, the the interrogation between Morpheus and Agent Smith. Oh, oh, ooh. There's there's the ability too to maybe extend Agent Smith's character yep. and make him more interesting. And maybe flesh out the scenes. other agents, even though uh-huh. they're technically meant yeah. to be kind of faceless or whatever. Obviously right. Agent Smith has a personality. The other ones yeah. might too. Uh-huh. It's just that their personalities aren't nearly as intense as his are. Right. So right, he right, becomes right. the main villain of the three, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of villainous in their own ways. Yeah. But I but I just love the idea of Hugo Weaving getting more screen time. Oh, he's just so he's so good at anything it. he wants. He anything do. he wants. Anything he, he wants. Anything you want, Hugh. Anything he wants. Hugo Weaving. <laughs> anything <laughs> at all. Hugo Weaving. But it would end exactly Hugo the same. Hugo <laughs> Weaving. Hugo Weaving. <laughs> Thank you. Thank no, so no, I wanted you to finish. Yeah, I know. Good. I know. It was important. To I always me want me to you. finish too. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's only. Uh, I think that I think we, yeah, like you said, it is basically just breaking down the three act right. structure of the Matrix. But mm-hmm. like you can, each movie can feel like its own thing. Yes, in a in a fun way. Yeah, and I think that I think that, and they actually, all I would like, really based like on those based movies. on how we worked it out. They all have a distinct tone. Yeah. You can see how they fit together, but like I honestly feel like if you were to release these as a three movie mm-hmm. thing, people would see the first movie, and if they're into it, they would see the second movie and be like, "What like, is, is this, this shit?" Different from the and first then movie. it would be like the third movie is like it, it would be like going from Alien to Aliens, where it's like mm-hmm. where it's like this sort of it slow kind of like yeah kind of whatever to like balls out action. Dude, James Cameron came in and. And like, just punched it the yeah. fuck in the balls. Even though, punched like, the, the fuck the <laughs> in the balls is the, a phrase the, I just said. Like, the second movie would be maybe probably even more kung fu movie ish in terms of its mentor mentee. Well, story it's, it's The Empire Strikes Back. Right. It's like Yoda is just Morpheus. Yep. And it's just, it's grimy, it's dirty, and at the end of it, things are in crisis, but maybe they're looking up. Right. It's yeah. like they've got their mentor-mentee relationship, but then there's also this other sort of 
stuff going on we'll probably get more scenes because we've already had a few scenes in the the matrix as it exists now of the various members of the ship talking to each other without neo present so it's not just that neo is the only viewpoint of the movie and i think we get more of that in that second movie of the characters sort mm-hmm. of interacting with each other and seeing where those those fractured relationships sort yeah. of come in where it maybe starts like everything's kind of like they're all buddy buddy but then you start to see that there's something under the surface that they're not talking about mm-hmm. and then you see cypher in the matrix and you yeah. know he's plotting something and then there's this sort of like cat and mouse kind of thing going on with the others where he tries to figure out what his plan is going to be to yeah huh it's weird too that most of that relational complexity would be built and then destroyed yeah. in the same middle movie. Yeah. And then those characters really aren't going to be in either that, of the other two movies. That is true. They are all dead. But at the same time, that definitely gives weight to their deaths. Yeah. Because as it is now, like you don't spend enough time with yeah. Dozer, Apoc, or Switch. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, maybe Mouse, but you don't even spend enough time with him really yeah. to like feel really devastated or feel much no. of anything when they all die. No, he got like some lines and then he died yeah. in dramatic death and it was like oh, I guess I'm a little sad I'm pretty sure he was wearing a red shirt when he died too so. nice just like he would have wanted they red shirted him for sure <laughs> no that's good red dressed him actually I think is what, oh, is what yeah. it's called in the matrix <laughs> red dress <laughs> of red grievances <laughs> uh, I'd see those movies like independently, uh, yeah. I would I would actually be very intrigued by, especially a trilogy that like has its own continuity, but is a strange, trippy movie, a character based sci fi martial arts movie, like yep. movie, and then an action like a conventional full on gun based. I mean, action they all movie. have their own moments of tension and action. Sure, but they definitely build up. <laughs> yeah, and I like that. Like I like a I like a trilogy that doesn't just have to be the same movie again but with different people in right. it or different plots. I, I, I'm into that. But I can definitely imagine that the the sort of like building of stakes and the building of bombastic action sequences would cause critics to really fucking nosedive on the third movie. Oh well, yeah. You know, oh, I yeah. mean a- any any trilogy or whatever where they have to build bigger and bigger stakes every movie, people yeah. are just going to feel exhausted by the end. People got really fatigued by like Harry Potter. Yeah. For instance, it was a huge, amazing spectacles, but it was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. We get it. Well, and if you're thinking about the Matrix, the uh, not the Matrix, the Hobbit movies that we're basing this sort of jokey question <laughs> on, uh-huh. like the third movie is the Battle of the Five Armies. It's this whole huge action yeah. thing. But like by that point, it's just like, just who gives a shit? Yeah. For a movie that spends as much time on developing characters, developing relationships, and developing and overextending every plot point possible, the stakes for the Battle of the Five Armies, I could not tell you right now who the Five Armies are or what the fuck they're doing there. And I watched all three of those movies. I cannot remember what mm. the point of that battle was. Even though they had two movies to build up to it, essentially. Exactly. And like, yeah, yeah. And even that third movie had a pretty long stretch before they got to the actual <laughs> battle part. It is it is a mess. There's a lot of trilogy. movie that really doesn't make the movie better. No, I, oh, I honestly don't like those movies oh, very much. Sorry, Peter Jackson. Yeah. I like THX 1138. That was fun. Keep doing more of those. THX 1138, you ever watch that? 
you know that was George Lucas, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? You're not cutting that, by the way. That's oh, staying no, that, in. That has to be in. Yeah, I feel like... So, ultimately, I think... Ultimately, I think that... You know, Warner Brothers just get at us. We can totally, yeah. We can totally make the ma- the original Matrix into a. Oh my God! The if se- we rebooted the, the, the Matrix, rebooted sequel trilogy that everyone's been asking. For. And what's great is it's not even a sequel trilogy. It's literally just a trilogy <laughs> version of the first movie. <laughs> Remember when you wanted to see the Matrix, but you wanted to watch it for nine hours? Yeah, we got you. I don't think it needs to be nine hours. If it's a PJ trilogy, do- it has to be oh nine God, hours. If yeah, if it's PJ. <laughs> If it's PJ, it's nine or it's not. Oh man, that's what he always says. That the the show the PJs was about him, right? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And uh, no, never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, the Matrix. <laughs> that's got to be the best, the best segue in or out of anything ever. Well, the Matrix. No follow up. Yeah. Well, the Matrix. <laughs> now you you uh you want to wrap us up? You re- you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, I, so today we discussed the Matrix in four contexts. You remember what they were, David? That'll be my trivia question this week. Yeah. <laughs> in, in <laughs> this episode. Let's see. Uh, the first context we talked about was w- the true meaning of Christmas. Yep. In context. Uh, in relation to the matrix so what, yep, yep. according to the matrix what is the how about this if christmas? you can get the four of them in the order we talked about mm. them you get to pick the next thing we talk about nice okay we, we did some christmas business mm-hmm. then god damn it we haven't taken a break we've been sitting on <laughs> we've been sitting in this room oh. the whole time this is i can remember the last two but i can't remember the second what the hell are we talking about Wow, this is weird. You give up? No. Oh, I, I here never we go. I never give up. Mm-hmm. Never surrender. What were some product placements product that placements. could have been in the movie or were like subtle? Yeah. I don't remember exactly how it was phrased. That's but fine. The product placements that were potentially and by potentially you mean definitely <laughs> In the Matrix. <laughs> the third one we talked about was who the winners and losers were, which yep. we adapted to romance, food, fashion, specifically hair, yeah. and politics. Yeah, maybe next time I should just write in those categories I on do there. like those categories. Yeah. Because it helped us sort of figure out how a winner could be a loser, and a loser <laughs> could be a net positive. Beyond just, like, who like, the heroes and villains exactly. were and, and how yeah. did it resolve. Because mm-hmm. that, that helped, actually, us sort of reframe that question. It's just like, yeah. well, but one there was only one winner, and it was Neo. Okay, bye. Right. And we Technic- did it. Nah. Technically, it's the good guys. Yeah. They won. And then, of course, our beautiful last one was... God damn it. Oh! Was it, can you reframe this, uh, this one movie into being three Peter Jackson-style movies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make All a right. PJ trilogy. All right. Well, you get to pick the next thing we talk about yes. then. Great. Will and Grace season two. Oh. <laughs> the whole old season two. Oh. Oh. That's actually um, kind of fun to, to listen to. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like a lot, but like kind of. It's more fun than I expected it to be. Let's just say that. <laughs> Lame SMR. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't worry about it. So, uh, all right. Well, the Matrix. <laughs> uh, this has been Contextual Deviance. I'm Christian Hagen. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and of course, thank you to David Gucci. Uh, David, do you have anything uh, anything you'd like to say uh, as as we as we leave here today? The sarcastic bucket flies with the tin spur. Thank you for listening to Contextual Deviance. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can find us on Twitter at Contextual Deviance or email us at contextualdeviance at gmail.com. Special thanks to Minneapolis's own The Badman for the use of the song Gun Tonic off of their album Ain't Clean. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been your host, Christian Hagen. Have a nice day. Have a nice day!